Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your superintendent, Michael Matsuda, and this show is dedicated to um, helping to create career pathways for young people, listening to young people themselves in terms of their own experiences in our district and how we've supported them to career pathways, um, but also includes a lot of practitioners and educators. So today we're very, very blessed to have a very special guest, Jennifer Goodwin. She's a LVN, licensed uh, vocational nurse, who's been doing that job for many, many years. And for the past five years, so a teacher in our district through our partnership with the North Orange County ROP. Jennifer has also been named the ROP Teacher of the Year. So congratulations, Jennifer, and say hi to everybody. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Mr. Matsuda. Um, just to be clear, I am the employee of the year, not the teacher of the year, but it's all the same to me. So it's all, I'm, it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honored to be here, and it's been just a pleasure working hand in hand with you as this pandemic has plagued us. <laughs> well, in fact, you and I met, uh, I think, right at the beginning of summer and of spring when it was really beginning to come in full force. And we were still trying to understand uh, the depth of this pandemic, what was ahead. Remember, this is probably May or June. And um, when I first met you virtually, of course, uh, to hear your story, because um, you had uh, volunteered, I think it was uh, in New Jersey. And you, um, and, and as our audience recalls, New York was one of the first states pretty much overrun by a pandemic. So. Uh, let's take us back, Jennifer, to what you saw and what the whole context of uh, the pandemic and the effect of it in uh, your work in New Jersey and New York. Yeah, thank you. You know, when the school shut down and we started teaching from home and you'd be faced with the news every morning and how bleak it was in New York and New Jersey, there's a part of you that's grateful that you're in the teaching capacity because you're safe, but there's a bigger part of you that's a nurse that says, I have to get out there and help. And I remember my mom actually looking at me at one point and saying, I'm so glad you don't have to be there. And I looked at her in the same moment and said, I have to go. <laughs> she knew. Um, and none of my family expected any less of me. So I put myself out there, put my resume out there and just decided I was going to go where the greatest need was, which ended up in New Jersey. And I had just heard some stories coming out of there and knew, um, especially with the elderly care population where I spent a large portion um, of my career, that they were in dire need of not just nurses, but nurses who cared and wanted to go and be there with them. So I flew out and I worked night shift. I taught during the day and because of the time change, I could teach during the day online and then uh, take care of the patients there at night. And it was incredibly overwhelming. Uh, I have never seen something like that in my life. And I have, to be clear, volunteered my time all over the world in third world countries and seeing the desperation in these patients and just the, the sadness around it was something like you never expect to see here. Uh, I was exhausted every day more so emotionally. And we were fighting so hard as healthcare professionals to make sure that these people were still getting the care that they deserved. And um, 
all along while going back during the day and talking to my students and using that as a motivation tool for them. Um, and all of this really put into perspective the danger that we were in, uh, not just physically with the virus, but with people's mental health and things like that. So from the time that I was there, I understood that my experience there as a nurse was going to deeply affect how I handled my students coming forward. I got sick two weeks in with COVID and everyone at my facility was sick. We lost about 25% of our patients, which is a huge number. <laughs> and 100% of the nursing staff got sick. Um, and, you know, looking back now, I'm, I'm glad that I got to go through those opportunities because I think it's definitely put me in a place where I can help out our students right now. So I feel lucky. Well, we're very blessed too. And I remember that first conversation and you were basically saying, look at Mr. Matsuda, this is, uh, could be a very, very serious problem. Our hospitals could be overrun. Uh, people are gonna die. Uh, people are gonna get depressed. I mean, everything that you've predicted was uh, something that we faced with here in Orange County is something that we're facing now. And, and it was a real story for me because it's one of the things that really uh, brought home the seriousness of what we we're faced with. And um, I hope uh, that our audience, uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted you on is to share some of these personal stories. So what happened is we were able to partner early on with UCI School of Public Health Orange County Healthcare, Latino Health Access, many of these uh, really amazing institutions with a lot of science and medical uh, credibility behind it um, because we wanted to work with our students. We have 30,000 students in this district and we have some very strong ambassadors and student leaders who also wanted to do something early on. And Jennifer, you stepped up and say, look at, I'm willing to help lead the students and a training. So can can you take it from there in terms of describing what that training was and what you guys were able to accomplish over the summer? Yeah, it was such an exciting time for me because it was a manifestation of the fact that my work in New Jersey had paid off. I was going to get to use that experience to inspire. And I felt instantly connected to the project. So we, as you said, had some amazing partnership opportunities and as we all know, it's not easy to connect with kids over the summer. They don't have to respond to us. Um, but with the help of some of our district teachers and all of the North Orange County ROP medical teachers, we reached out to a massive quantity of students. And we had over 110 students reply. And not just reply, but join a training that we had set up working with Latino Health Access and UCI to train our students related to what was happening with COVID and basically empowering the youth to say, you're the first line of defense out there. You know, your families are going to listen to you. You need to be the example out there. Um, and they sat through a training and then once, besides the training, it kind of went down into a smaller group. As you mentioned, we have just an excellent group of students at AUHSD. Our student ambassadors uh, put any of us to shame, even as educators. These kids are so motivated and they are so smart and they are tackling so many different things at once and they are just succeeding. But they took the lead after that um, with our, you know, with our help and developed PSAs and social media forums and, um, you know, all sorts of information that we use the whole first semester 
to educate all of our students across all of our campuses. And there's just something very magical about us empowering our youth and then them getting the credit and being the leaders, right? Because we, we've we already experienced this, we're the teachers, we're the adults here, but to see them take this and reach out to the community was very powerful. And it was very successful. You know, we heard about it. We were also doing updates weekly, showing where we were at, um, giving the community, you know, different tips and saying what's going on. And the students really stepped up and really responded to it. And it was just a, it was just a magical partnership that we all got to be a part of that I really think made a huge impact in our district. So that, uh, that was an enormous project involving a lot of students, like you said, over 100, but also reaching out to their peers and at every single school site. And I think it was pretty successful because learning about testing and uh, contact tracing, all these new vocabulary words that we, we didn't know about. And, um, but now we're, we're pivoting, right, again, this district, as well as the whole country, to the vaccinations and creating this new vocabulary word, herd immunity. So, um, and you've been involved, again, with another student uh, project and teacher project about, um, it's a huge uh, civic engagement project that the district's embarking on to um, help, help get to herd immunity. Can you share a little bit about that project? Yeah, you know, it's we have so many trained educators within the district that are trained to do these civic engagement processes. And even at my school site, Savannah, we had a very successful one a couple of years back. So again, the opportunity to give the students the power to make their own decisions and to research things has been incredible. And that's what I really appreciate about yourself and this district is instead of saying, we are going to tell you what you need to do. We are saying we are going to give you the tools so that you make the right decision, right? And that's why I know that we're creating leaders out there instead of sheep, right? Because we are saying, here's this information, here's this, what do you think? And that's opening up a safe place for our students and family members alike to ask the questions instead of just choose black or white to be okay in the gray area and then to get to that real truthful spot where they're now going to be an influence out there in the community. And that's powerful. And that's what's going to make these changes. And that's what's going to make these kids and their families make the right decisions because we are giving them the power to make that decision. And I think, unfortunately, in times like this, um, you see a lot of people struggling with a lack of choice, right? People feel like so much is out of their control. So I think by doing the civic engagement piece, empowering the students, um, using the educators that have the training to support it, and then letting them come to this decision on their own is going to not just change the course of this pandemic, but really the, the course of our whole entire city. Um, you're truly, by encouraging this, creating leaders. And in a time where we can't even be face-to-face -face with them and to see the result of what's happening is powerful. And it's just, it's incredible to be a part of. And as the students start to produce more work, and we'll have some more PSAs out there from different things. Um, everyone's going to get the opportunity to see it and to educate themselves and to use it as an opportunity to educate others about stuff that they just might not understand or do not have access to the accurate information, which is what we're just trying to get out. You know, I think that was wonderfully put because after, I mean, this is a generational trauma, right, for this entire generation of young people. And 
you know, either you come out of this very sort of damaged and hurt and reactive to life, right? And um, or you come out as a leader, right? That I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to make sense of it, right? I can't maybe cure it, but I'm going to make sense of it and make the the best decisions for my community. So, um, so would you in the in the few minutes that we have left, can we just talk about the from your you know professional uh, opinion? Why? Why do we need herd immunity and why the vaccine? Because there's a lot of mythology out there about the vaccine. So start off with why is herd immunity important for us opening schools? And then why take the vaccine in your opinion, your professional judgment? Right. Um, Herd immunity, obviously, historically looking back, you can see it through every different type of pandemic. You can see how it's working in different countries, even at this time. So the idea is, is you get enough people that aren't going to get sick because they've built up some form of an immunity and it stops the spread, right? Um, There's various theories on how to do that, right? When you look back in the day when I was young and we'd have chicken pox parties, right? And it would just create this type of immunity because the virus wasn't going to be that dangerous. So it's better to just get it over with. I didn't feel that way as a child. I felt like that was torture, but regardless, it seemed to have worked, so that's okay. So that's the idea. The problem that we're having with COVID that seems a little off is these different strains, which we expected. Um, Any healthcare professional would have told you from the beginning that this was going to happen. That's what happens with a virus. It mutates. that's the cause of overuse of antibiotics in, in certain things. That's the even Roundup, the weed killer mutates, right? You take anything strong and you try to fight it with something else, and it's going to grow into this powerful beast. So, but but, uh, but let me just interject there. But unlike chickenpox, um, COVID can kill you. It's killing about one percent, right? And unlike chickenpox, it could dam and it can have long term damage, right? We're seeing about ten percent of people having long-term effects with lung problems and kidney problems and so forth. So yeah. I think that's what we need to, because some people say, well, why don't we do like we did with the chicken pox? No, that would probably not be a good idea. I, why, I agree. Why take, why, take, why take the vaccine then? Because there's a lot of, seems to be a misinformation about the vaccine itself. Yeah. And then you and I have discussed that where it was the aspect of we can't show the other side right now because there's just not enough documentation, right? Which again is why we, have decided to let these uh, children and adults alike research on their own. Um, The vaccine hasn't been around long enough to show the pros and cons. It just hasn't. And that's truthful. In my opinion, it's working more as an antiviral, right? Um, More of a a treatment of sorts. And again, I'm not the top medical (laughs) person in the entire world, but an antiviral is always something worth taking, right? It doesn't say that it's actually going to stop the virus, but it is going to limit the effects. And I'll let you know that even personally, after I got COVID, I haven't, I haven't been quite the same. Um, even my breathing has been strained since then. And that was, you know, God, six months ago now. Right. Um, so if, if you can't fix something, which a virus is a virus, um, and until we get to that point, which we probably will, where we can eradicate it, right? We are operating on a very fast timeline here. I do believe that what they have developed is going to reduce the effects of the virus. And that's the only thing that I've seen proven at this point. And so, and to me, that is more than enough, <laughs> right? Um, we have experienced a lot of loss in our district, Um 
across the board from many different things, whether it was the virus or results of the virus on people's mental health. And at this point, like you have done from the beginning, um, it's all about safety. It's it's always been about protecting the kids. You have made that clear from the beginning and you're pivoting in the manner to keep that as the priority. And I stand behind all those decisions 100%. Thank you so much, Jennifer. The other thing I learned from one of our um, town, we've been having a series of town halls with some of the UCI doctors was that even after, if you have, I mean, going back to the chicken pox example, um, if you have had COVID, you still need to take the vaccine because uh, we don't know. It looks like the anti, uh, uh, what is it? The antibodies uh, don't last very long, even if you've had COVID. So we're, uh, he's encouraging everybody to take the vaccine. So in the last minute uh, that we have left, uh, you know, this ultimately is about careers and jobs. What do you see in terms of your area, uh, health profession, medical profession, LVNs, what, what is the state of jobs and what can we uh, look for in the future? Yeah, well, the state of healthcare jobs is only booming and will be, you know, hopefully <laughs> appreciated and respected the way that it should be. Um, and that's not just for healthcare, right? If you, again, kind of the crown jewel, in my opinion, of this district is how focused you are on CTE, on career technical education. So when I look at my other groups, it's even the high school I teach at, you know, I'm the department chair of um, culinary, of BIDA, of auto. Um, all of these jobs are essential right now. All of the jobs that you are giving the students opportunities through North Orange County ROP or whatnot in the district are essential jobs. And that is such a wonderful thing to be a part of right now, knowing that we've had to pivot a lot of ways. This increased um, focus on CTE is gonna help these students actually not miss out because we still get to put them there and we still get them to be in a career. So healthcare is never gonna go out of style. You're never gonna not get a job. The pay is only going up. Uh, I teach CNA students, they get paid $15 an hour. Right now they're paying them $45 an hour <laughs> to work. And that's a very small amount of education, but it is a very big and admirable job. So to be honest, they are only getting what they deserve. But, you know, you're just seeing it across the board with all these fantastic teachers who teach these programs pivoting and saying, how do we get these kids involved in work now so that when they graduate, they're not stuck? Maybe the college experience doesn't look the same to them right now, right? Because they want to be on campus. That's okay. Stay here. We're going to get you a job, you know, and that's um, and all these jobs only promise success in the future. So it's really an amazing thing to be a part of. Jennifer Goodwin, on behalf of the entire district, 30,000 students, uh, really, we want to congratulate you again for being the North Orange County ROP Employee of the Year. But in our in our book, Jennifer, you are the person of the year for just doing amazing, compassionate work out there day and night. Um, and it's always given with love. So until next time, Jennifer, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>